A poodle named Toodles has made a full recovery after being revived with Narcan in Philadelphia recently. Following an apparent drug overdose, Pennsylvania SPCA said. The pup and his owner were unconscious and unresponsive in a Philadelphia neighborhood earlier this month. This is Pulse Check. I'm Carmen Pond. Senators Raphael Warnock, a Democrat from Georgia, and John Kennedy, a Republican from Louisiana, have a new bill to extend the current $35 per month out-of-pocket cap on insulin for Medicare and release to the tens of millions of Americans on private insurance, as well as the uninsured. It's not yet clear whether other Senate Republicans who supported the effort last Congress will back it again, let alone whether there are enough to overcome the 60-vote Senate filibuster. Its fate in the GOP-led House is even foggier. Drug Enforcement Administrator Anne Milgram declined to answer questions about a reported Inspector General's investigation into no-bid contracts that went to her former colleagues during a House Appropriations Subcommittee hearing on Thursday. Milgram was questioned about an Associated Press report that the DEA had hired colleagues from her time as New Jersey's Attorney General and as a New York University law professor, a pay rate far exceeding those of the civil servants who typically fill the roles in intelligence, data analytics, community outreach, and public relations. And the CDC released the results from the 2021 Youth Risk Behavior Survey, painting a troubling picture of high school students' health during the pandemic. Krista Marr explains what the survey tells parents and policymakers. Thanks for having me, Carmen. So the CDC released this 2021 Youth Risk Behavior Survey, and most of the results sound bleak. Can you talk about that and what it tells parents and policymakers? So this was a a big survey conducted in 2021 by the CDC. A series of surveys is one national survey and 78 separate surveys conducted on local levels. And it really gives us as a nation the first and largest, most comprehensive glimpse into what high school students went through during the pandemic. And this is everything from how connected they felt at their schools to their risk of suicide to their dietary and physical habits. It's a really broad look. And unfortunately, most of the findings in the survey are pretty troubling. There were a lot of increases in kind of poor mental health outcomes for kids, a lot of increased reports of the way kids are experiencing violence in their communities and also personally in dating, and also some new information about how vulnerable kids who are, you know, insecure in their housing situation are. It's something that I think policymakers are really going to have a close look at, both at a local level and a federal level in terms of the mental health crisis that kids are experiencing right now. Did the survey give any insight into some of the causes of these bleak stats? I assume the pandemic obviously played a big role and I would expect social media use also did. But is there anything more than that that led to this sort of like dire state of affair when it comes to high schoolers? The surveys didn't offer an explanation as to 
why, for instance, more children were experiencing suicidal thoughts or planning or attempted suicide risks. What it did do is it points out that the stress and the kind of social upheaval of the pandemic clearly had an impact in several of these categories across the board. So it makes a note of that, but it doesn't kind of draw a clear line between cause and effect. But another interesting thing that the surveys do point out is it kind of makes the connection between what the students are reporting and how that impacts their health. For instance, students who reported experiencing violence in their own communities, means generally outside the home, also had a higher risk of suicidal tendencies or thought and had a higher prevalence of carrying guns themselves. So they kind of make that link as to how these different things impact the student's health, but not so much what the root cause of those things are. But one of the things that really stayed with me was this increase in, you know, female students having thought about suicide or having even attempted suicide. What did you learn from your reporting on this? Is there something that can be done, any sort of interventions to respond to this? What the survey does is points out these really dramatic statistics and flags it to policymakers to say, this is obviously something that we need to be paying attention to. In the case, what this found was that the number of male students between 2019, the last big survey, and 2021, who said they had thought about suicide or planned a suicide or attempted suicide was relatively stable across the board. But girls had really sharp increase in all three areas. And there were 30% of girls said they had seriously considered suicide in the last year. 24% said that they had made a plan for suicide and 13.3% had attempted suicide. And again, as with a lot of these statistics, children from communities of color and or marginalized communities were even at higher risk than that. So Black female students were even more likely to have reported attempted suicide. So incredibly disturbing numbers as a parent in this country, and certainly policymakers from, you know, school administrators, you know, all the way up to the president, I think, will be looking at this and thinking about, you know, how can we restructure things? How can we keep track of this? How can we make things better for these kids. Was there anything positive that came out of the survey? Yeah, there were a couple of items in the survey that were kind of bright spots. There were two questions in the survey that were asked of students for the first time. One was how connected they felt to their schools and people at their schools. And the other was how much they felt that a parent or another adult in their home knew what they were doing and who they were seeing during their days. And both of those were important because they were associated with lower risk of behavior that put them and their health at risk. And both of those are important because they were associated with like less risky behavior, better mental health, less risky sexual behavior, 
less drug use, that kind of thing. And in the case of the school connectedness, about 62% of kids said that they felt a close connection to people at their school. So, you know, that's well over the majority of kids saying that they feel like they are having a kind of community at school. And in the case of parental monitoring, about 84% of kids said that they felt that either a parent or an adult in their home, you know, knew what they were doing, where they were going, who they were seeing. As I mentioned, those things kind of all led to like better health outcomes for the kids. Thank you for talking today, Krista. Thanks so much for having me, Carmen. I appreciate it. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah and Annie Reese are our producers. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Carmen Pong. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.